Do you like this show and want to help support us? Want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Then head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name's Derek Diamond. So how has your week been, my friend? Uh, not too bad. Uh, pretty uneventful for the most part. Uh, I think I mentioned this on last week's show, but uh, baseball season is officially over. Mm. So I actually have time to have somewhat of a normal life. <laughs> it's something that... I was talking with somebody about this the other day. It actually takes longer than you think for those who work in, you know, the sports industry, especially, you know, minor league baseball. It takes a little bit of time to get reacclimated to not having to work, you know, 12 to 14 hour days. Oh, I'm sure. You know, throughout the summer, you know, whenever whenever I get home, I'm thinking, you know, well, I got to keep doing stuff. My mind doesn't slow down and say, "No, you can you can relax and you can, you know, cook dinner you can watch tv like a normal person yeah. <laughs> so it it's still you know I, i've pretty much been reacclimated back to that now i've got some some freelance gigs that i'm doing uh over the next couple of weeks so that's one good thing about the off season is that i get to do not just sports production but i'm doing you know i'm working on an indoor concert uh concert series oh. uh throughout the week uh we have this thing called Studio Amped because we have uh, a PBS affiliate uh, station that's here in town. It's actually like two minutes from my house and local bands will come in. Some will come from like Destin, Gulf Shores, you know, not not too terribly far, but we'll basically shoot them like on stage in front of an audience and the concert's free to go to. Uh, so we, we do that. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool and hearing, you know, different style of music and everything from people you more than likely haven't heard of is pretty cool. So that's really cool. Yeah. So got that going on. Um, I have pushed, uh, shooting on the Parker syndrome back a couple of months just because with work and other things that have happened, I've kind of, uh, (laughs) taken my focus away from that so i know really getting back into the swing of that so you know hopefully i'm planning on shooting it hopefully in december if not then i'll have to push it back probably to the start of the new year but if that happens then that's okay because i i don't i don't want to rush it because i will get overwhelmed and it'll affect ultimately the final product so yeah, I know the feeling. I had a lot of uh, irons in the fire until what happened to me happened, and then everything just kind of came crashing down. So now I'm <clears throat> very slowly getting myself back to where I'm focusing on everything again. So I've got um, a TV show that I was working on with uh, our friend Wally Phelps that uh, I still want to get that going again. Um and talk to the local TV station about getting that done and uh, have another short film I want to do. So there's a lot of stuff I want to do. Just needed to uh, 
get through this little rough patch, which life seems to throw at you sometimes. That's very true. Uh, one other thing, I did finally put episode 200 of the Derek Diamond experience out. So if you want to watch the video version of me getting roasted, that's okay. on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Podcast. Or if you're a traditionalist and you want to just listen to the audio, that's on the podcast feed as well and on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And I will be listening to that tomorrow. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. I'll go ahead and say, and I, I've. It's funny because I was at a um, uh, two close friends of mine. They're having their first child in a couple of months, so we had their baby shower yesterday, and I've put out a ton of disclaimers saying the audio is not very good. So someone who was at the the party who knows that I do a podcast, she was like, yeah, I was listening to your new show you put out. And I was like, oh, the the roast? She said, yeah, because, but you know, I couldn't really hear it because the sound wasn't very good. <laughs> well, I've put out like 800 disclaimers. Thinking back on it, I should have said, well, you should have just came to it in person. Yeah. <laughs> but it's all good. I was happy to finally, you know, get it out there. The actual video quality turned out to be better than what I thought it would be. Cool. Um, I will say if you're if you're wearing earbuds or headphones, you can hear it much better because I've played it, you know, through headphones and also in like a like car speakers. Car speakers, you can barely hear anything. Oh, that sucks. So if you're if you're driving, I would not recommend listening to it i would say this would be more of a if you're doing something at home and you have earbuds yeah i'll be listening listen to, to it, it with earbuds tomorrow so oh then be, then good. you should be fine yeah then you uh, should be fine but as it was a lot of fun to do you know it was easily my as far as my show it was my favorite one to do and you know officially on hiatus now uh, gonna come back in january with you know new format new uh, niche, as they would say, which I've explained, you know, last week and on other multiple occasions. So I'm I'm actually kind of glad that I'm having a break with my show because trying to do an episode every week during baseball season, I think mm. burned me out on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, just to get a, a show out every week is people don't understand like it, podcasting's fun, but after a while, it really does kind of become a job especially mm -hmm. when you start to actually get listeners and people expect you to put one out every week. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, absolutely. It, so It's a labor of love, definitely. No, it, it really is. And, and, you know, other than that, just kind of just doing what I normally do. Uh, but as far as me, um, I did get the, the year of Nintendo Switch Online the other day. Mm -hmm. And um, it's completely worth it just for the fact that I can lay in bed and play Dr. Mario or Legend of Zelda or Super Mario Brothers 3. It's so fun. I, I love playing those games, uh, especially like up on the big TV or like I said, laying in bed. The one thing I do want to get, though, I want to get those um, the Nintendo controllers, the original NES controllers that they're that they're going to have. Uh, I think they're releasing them in December. For mm -hmm. the Switch, and that's that's how I prefer to play because it is kind of it takes a little getting used to to play those old games on the actual Switch controllers. So, do you have to take the Joy Cons off to play them, or can you play it 
like with the the Joy Cons on the side of the console. No, you can play with the Joy Cons on the side of the console. Um, okay, I, I do that, and then um, sometimes I'll I'll use the uh, the Joy Con uh, the thing that comes with the Switch that you put the Joy Cons in that makes a, a a big controller. Right, I'll use that. Um, I haven't used separate Joy Cons yet to play two player with anyone yet. Um, you know, c- c- kind of like couch co op. I haven't done that yet. So um, I think yeah, in December when those um, when those controllers drop, I'm gonna go ahead and get myself a, a pair of those so so that I can feel like I'm playing old school Nintendo with the old controllers. Yeah, and I'll probably do the same. I haven't got the Nintendo Switch online yet. I I do get paid on Friday, so that will be that will be when I buy them because I actually don't have I don't think I have really anything planned this weekend, so. I will. That's probably what I'm going to spend a good bit of my time doing. Well, let me because I'm do, I'm really excited for it. Because we'll be able to play online together. So let me know yes. when you do. It's going to be awesome. No, I will. I'll be getting it on Friday for sure. But speaking of Nintendo and our first news story for the night. <laughs> From GameSpot.com, the Nintendo Switch eShop adds a ton of games this week. Nearly 30 new games have been released on the Switch just this week. Between the launch of the Nintendo Switch Online service and a new sale in the eShop, it's been a busy week for Nintendo's hybrid console. Nearly 30 titles have been released for the Switch this week, from retro classics to some indie gems and the big DLC expansion for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Here are some of the highlights. On the indie side... Uh, Undertale, an RPG called Undertale, uh, well-received roguelike platformer, Risk of Rain, um, the Reigns, King and Queens, uh, RPGs, Reigns and Reigns, Her Majesty, uh, fast-paced sci-fi shoot 'em up Velocity 2X, uh, this one's cool that I want to look into, um, the Capcom Beat-em-up bundle, a, compila- a compilation of several of the developers' classic arcade beat-em-ups, Sega also released the first two entries in its Sega Ages line, Sonic the Hedgehog and Lightning Force Quest for the Dark Star. Rounding out the retro releases, a new pair of arcade archive games, the Neo Geo beat-em-up Cyberlip and the rare arcade version of Excitebike. This is awesome because uh, there's some really cool stuff coming out that I want to get for the Switch, but I just need more money. That's what I need. And that's why I've accepted a lot of... Side jobs, <laughs> so I can keep buying things that I like. No, this is it's a really cool list. I like you. I'm excited to see the Capcom beat 'em up bundle. Yeah, because as I've mentioned, you know, I've, I'm not. I never really was a huge fan of fighting games, and that's because I didn't have any siblings growing up, so I didn't really, you know, I was was I supposed to just play against the computer? I mean, that does get old after a while. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to get that. Um, I'm curious about Undertale because I am a, a big RPG fan. And I'm wondering, the Sega Ages line for Sonic, is that just going to be like a, a straight port of the original game? I'm not really sure. I would think so. I think it might be kind of like the arcade cl- uh, arcade archives thing that Nintendo's been doing where they <clears throat> you know take the original games and release them under the arcade archives title. Like um, you know, Double Dragon and things like that. The actual, you know, NES versions of those games. Some of them are the actual arcade versions too. So I guess it kind of just depends. Let's see. It says here, Sega Ages Sonic the Hedgehog includes Mega Play, 
previously only available in the Sonic arcade game. Hmm. Familiar stages will feel new again as you race against time to the finish line. It's a thrilling challenge for seasoned Sonic fans. Nice. So cool. It's at least a little bit of a, you know, added dimension to, you know, a game that, and as much as I like Sonic, it has been, you know, re-released a lot. Yeah. So I just think now that if you've been on the fence about getting a Nintendo Switch, I think now's the time, especially coming mm -hmm. up with the holiday season. You've got the uh, Mega Man 11 coming out you've got the the sega bundle that's going to be coming out you got this capcom bundle the arcade archive series i mean there's something for everybody on the switch so if you're on the fence now's the time to do it well and new games will be coming out for it too you know mario party is coming out mm -hmm. next month which has kind of flown under the radar lately yeah, i know i haven't heard yeah, too it was much a about it it was a big deal when they did that direct a couple of months ago but i've read little to nothing about it since then and then of course you know we have smash brothers coming out uh, in december which is going to be huge and speaking of smash brothers uh you read my mind it was the perfect segue this comes to us from theverge.com also courtesy of our good friend mr wally phelps nintendo lets terminal cancer patient play super smash brothers ultimate early Chris Taylor, like any Nintendo fan, is hyped to see that Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is shaping up to be a mashup fighter of epic proportions. But unlike most of us, the 21-year-old is not sure he'll live long enough to see the Switch game on store shelves. Taylor has terminal cancer and has been given months to live, so his friends started a social media campaign to get Nintendo's attention. Over the last week, Smash Bros. fans on Twitter and Reddit have lobbied Nintendo to let Taylor play Ultimate before he passes. These posts have gotten thousands of signal boosts from fans who were touched by Taylor's situation. Let's see. So, going on down the line, uh, it seems Nintendo took Taylor's story to heart. Earlier today, the Smash Brothers fan shared images of him playing the E3 demo of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate with friends and family following a visit from Nintendo reps. Taylor and Nintendo did not immediately respond to requests for comment. On Twitter, Taylor said he was happy to partake in newcomer hype. That's awesome. Yeah, this is, I've noticed more stories like this recently, because you know when uh, The Force Awakens came out, uh, the, the Star Wars film that came out back in 2015, a similar situation like that happened where yeah. someone you know who ultimately didn't live to see the actual release date got to see, you know, got to see it early, which I think is, is really cool for people to do. And especially, you know, if, if you're, if you're a huge fan of something like that and you know that you know, I, I can't imagine living, you know, knowing that, I mean, we're all going to die eventually, but knowing that you just have such a short amount of time. Yeah, that that scares me, man, because cancer is yeah. just, it doesn't care, you know, it, it, it'll take nope. anybody. So mm -hmm. it's just, it's the luck of the draw, man. Yeah, so major props to Nintendo for doing this. But yeah, that way to go, Nintendo. You did something right. <laughs> yes, you did. But uh, up for our next story, the uh, the Sega Mega Drive Mini release has been delayed until 2019. And this is from NintendoLife.com. They're now aiming for a simultaneous worldwide launch. Gematsu reports Sega has now delayed the Mega Drive Mini, originally scheduled to arrive in Japan this year. 
According to Sega, the response to the announcement in the West was bigger than it expected. There are now plans to give the system a simultaneous release worldwide in 2019. This covers the Genesis model for North America and the Mega Drive system for Europe. Sega has also cited how it wants to achieve a level of quality that fans would expect. So that means they're not going to let, uh, uh, what's their name, uh, At Games make it? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it has reportedly <laughs> established a system to rethink the design of the device with the original core team now working alongside proven Japanese software developers. So maybe uh, it wouldn't be so a surprise if Sega decided to hold off following the news at games. A U.S. firm who has been making officially licensed Sega consoles for the past decade are allegedly involved. As already explained, at games' systems don't have the best reputation among retro game lovers and are often plagued by poor quality emulation and bad audio. Sega's doing something right. Everybody's just kind of coming to their senses, at least for this week. It's crazy. I know. Sega. And this would be something that, you know, I probably would fork over the cash to buy. But again, I'll need to know like what games are on it yeah. and everything. If it's one of those things where, you know, most of the games are on the Switch anyway, then why would I buy a mini version of a yeah. system that I really only played for Sonic? Yes, like you said, if it's the same amount of or the same games that are coming out for the Sega bundle for the Switch, I have no no need for this. Yeah, exactly. And plus, you know, the quality would be much better. Yeah, because it's not made by At Games. Right. <laughs> and in our last story for this week, this, this also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Canadian actor and comedian Seth Rogen shares mind-blowing Duck Hunt secret. The 1984 NES game Duck Hunt might not have been announced for the Nintendo Switch digital service just yet, but that doesn't mean fans of the NES Zapper title have forgotten about it. Out of the blue, Canadian actor and comedian Seth Rogen, I had no idea he was Canadian, (laughs) has shared a hot tip about the original Duck Hunt game that appears to have surprised many people online. In a couple of tweets, Rogen explains how he was playing the game one day with his sister when he accidentally sat on the controller and found out the duck could be controlled by a second player. He says, "Uh, My sister and I found this out because I sat on the controller by accident and the duck kept (laughs) flying to the top right corner. That's awesome. Uh, let's see, Rogan's belated tip surprised many old-school gamers and celebrities alike. Even the voice of Sonic in the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog live-action movie chimed in with his own tweet, which is uh, Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. Uh, he says, this is insane, I feel sick. <laughs> uh, I so think I, I, a lot of I us had no idea. Kn- you didn't know that? I, I, I've known this for years, that the, uh, the, se- the second controller controlled the duck. That would have made that game way more fun. Yeah, I mean, me and my friends used to do that. One of us would hold the uh, the con- the controller and c- control the duck, and the other person would shoot. I didn't know this That's was crazy. such a such a big secret. No, I had no idea. Hmm. I mean, I only played Duck Hunt a handful of times because you know, with the original NES, the only two games I really played for it were the Mario Brothers trilogy and Zelda. Yeah. I used to play a and that ton was of Duck Hunt when I was a kid. That was such a fun game. Of course, it's hard to play now unless you have a CRT television. Would you say that the Duck Hunt dog is one of the original trolls? Yeah, 
Exactly. He is. And I <laughs> wish there. I if they ever do a Duck Hunt remake where you could actually play it on the Switch, I want the ability to shoot that dog between the eyes. <laughs> just now keep just in mind, we're to. we're both animal lovers, yes. but <laughs> with with the exception of that freaking dog. I love dogs, but I hate that one. Yeah, he's kind of a jerk. Yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> God, I'm just picturing, like, I'm playing his laugh in my head, and it just makes my skin crawl. Ugh. <sighs> Let's go ahead and that move into damn uh, dog. this month in video game history. Damn dog. Uh, in September 19th of 1985, Capcom releases Ghosts and Goblins. Originally titled Makaimura in Japan, it was one of the most popular arcade games of the year and went on to spawn a series of later games. I think me and you have both played uh, the Ghosts and Goblins. I played the, uh, for the NES and reviewed it, and I think you did the SNES version and reviewed it. One of the hardest games ever made for... I just in general, just one of the hardest games ever made. Yeah, that was a very frustrating game, and th this kind of brings back bad memories of it. <laughs> it's fun. I like playing it. It's just, it's not one of those games I play to finish. It's just one of those games I just kind of pop in to play to see how far I can get. Yeah, I never played Ghosts and Goblins, but I Super Ghouls and Ghosts was the one that I reviewed. Yeah. Uh, around a year ago, I think. It's basically the same game. It's just yeah. game differently. Yeah, I've watched gameplay of Ghosts and Goblins, and then hearing you know your review, they are they are very similar. But yeah, fun games, but also very frustrating. Very hard. On September twelfth, nineteen eighty six, Hudson Soft releases Adventure Island, which is a game that I've never played. But it sounds very intriguing. It's very fun. I love Adventure Island. Master Higgins. Master Higgins? Yeah, that's the dude's name in the game that you play. Oh, sweet. But you Yeah, I mean just you should oh, definitely play it. It's it's uh it's an NES classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's from what little I know about it, and I'm looking at the Wikipedia now, it looks like a game that would be right up my alley. I mean it's I love the old school side-scrolling platform type games so i i think i think this would be great for yeah, me to this, play this was up there as as one of the very first nintendo games that i played probably in the first probably 10 nes games that i ever played because it was an mm -hmm. early release and uh, hudson soft they were always kind of like capcom they were a, they were a, a seal of quality for good games yeah but this uh, this next one I put in specifically for you. Ah, uh, yes. September 14th of 1989, Capcom releases DuckTales for the NES based on the Disney animated TV series of the same name. Woo! And rumor has it that life is like a hurricane in Duckburg. <laughs> it is. I, I, can, I, can, I can definitely agree with that. No, I mean, one of... You know, I've very briefly played the actual NES version. You know, I, this was one of the first games I think you reviewed on the show. I think it was, too. I mean, it's one of my favorite games for the NES. Probably, it's up there as a, almost a perfect video game. Mm -hmm. Just from the controls to the story, the kind of the open-worldness of it, where you can kind of go anywhere you want in the game. 
Um, it, it is, it, it's not necessary. It's not linear. Like, um, you know, like super Mario brothers or anything like that. It is, you know, it's, it's just so good. Like everything mm-hmm. from the music to the graphics, to the controls. I mean, there's not really much you can say about this game. That's bad. Yeah, and I've played the remastered version that they released for, it was Xbox 360, PS3, and the Wii U, and I really liked it. It's so, so good. I never got to play the remake. I, I would really love to be able to play that if, like, I, I, Wally's going to kick me for saying this, but they need to put it out on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, he came up with a Nerd Cave retro yeah. drinking game, which <laughs> I think is actually pretty cool. You, you know you've made it. When they've made a drinking game after your show. Yeah, every time we say something needs to be on the Switch, you take a drink. Anytime that Derek references Owen Wilson, take a drink. <laughs> wow. wow. But that's the thing. So, the Switch is so good. I want to play everything on it. Who was it? Someone posted on our Facebook page a mock-up of the World of Warcraft uh, oh. cover art <laughs> replaced that? with Owen Wilson and just said, wow, at the top. I laughed my ass off. I think that was Tyler Watson that did that. Uh, that, that was so good. <laughs> I was like, that is the most perfect meme I've ever seen, ever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so good. But uh, September 26th of 1990, Origin releases the first Wing Commander game. I never played the Wing Commander games, but I did see the movie. There's a movie? Yeah, uh, it, it had um, Freddie Prince Jr., I think, in it. And, um, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I think Mark Hamill was in it, too, wasn't he? Let me look this up on uh, IMDb. Let's see. We got Wing Commander. I think it's on... Um, I think you can watch it on uh, Netflix right now. Yes, Wing Commander, 1999. It has... Ooh, there's a Wing Commander in 1975, too. That's weird. Uh, it's got Freddie Prince Jr., um, Matthew Lillard, who played uh, Shaggy in the Scooby-Doo movies. Mm-hmm. Or uh, Jürgen Prochnow uh, was in it. And um, no, Mark Hamill wasn't in it. He was actually in the game. Oh, okay. Movie. Well, it says here in the description that it does bring the space combat to a level approaching the Star Wars films. Yeah. So that would make sense. I'll have to check out that movie. Yeah, you should. It's bad, but it's worth watching. It's it's kind of like good bad, you know. So not like Super Mario Brothers. No, not at all. Okay, good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And also on, uh, did I tell you guys that, did I tell on the show the other night, I, I was telling someone about it, that um, I went to Best Buy to look for uh, a Nintendo Switch game, and I might have told this on the show, but I'm going to tell it again, and I didn't find the game that I was looking for, so I started, I went over to the DVD section, the Blu-rays, and they have like the $3 DVD bin. I was looking for Super Mario Brothers on DVD at Walmart and everywhere for weeks before we did that show and couldn't find it anywhere. I had to actually get it off of eBay. I go to Best Buy last week. I look in the $3 bin. Dude, there was like 20 copies in there. Yeah, you did tell that. It's I'm just like, really? Like, ah, man. That's <laughs> how it always happens. Yep, yeah. I'm not going to buy it again. I can tell you that. I Actually, I would just kind of 
buy all the copies and then burn them in the parking lot. We could do what happened with all the E.T. cartridges and just bury them somewhere. Yeah, that's probably what we should do. That would actually make a really funny video. And I know I promised someone that I would send my copy to them, so um, I don't remember who that was because the last couple of weeks or months or whatever have been kind of crazy for me, and I've let a lot of things slip through the cracks. So it, whoever it was that wanted me to mail it to them, please send me another message so I'll do that. Because I don't if, want it anymore. It's stinking up my game room. If they're smart, they'll say, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> but thanks, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got one more to round us out. Well, no, oh, you, no you, two you've more, got two one more. more as well. Oh, that's me. Sorry. Uh, I thought I read that already. Um, <clears throat> September 9th of 1984, the Super NES version of Mortal Kombat 2 is released with all blood and fatalities left intact first major release on any Nintendo console at that point to have such content. I played this on the uh, the Super Nintendo at the time. And I always wondered why it was why Nintendo made why everybody made such a big deal about the the violence in this game, like the blood. It was so cartoonish. Yeah, it was almost comical. Yeah. In its own way. You know, what's funny is I actually watched the, not all of it, but I watched the majority of the original Mortal Kombat movie the other night. For what it is, it's not that bad. It's not bad at all, honestly. No. It really isn't. The second one is, is pretty bad. It's but... bad. I, that's one of the few movies I actually walked out of the theater. I think I've walked out of the theater probably five times in my life, and that's one of the movies I actually walked out of. Never done that before. I've I come close numerous times, but never, never actually pulled the trigger on it. But, you know, I haven't played Mortal Kombat 2 in a long time. This is a game that, you know, I do eventually want to go back and revisit and, yeah. and do a review because I know we did a review of the first one, but I want to review the second one as well, just because it introduces, you know, like Shao Kahn and other like essential characters to the Mortal Kombat universe. So. I really liked it on Super mm -hmm. Nintendo. It was really well done. I mean, it was almost exactly like the, the arcade version. Yeah. No, Mortal Kombat 2 is very good. But to round us out on this month in video game history and wrapping us up for the month of September, on September 9th, 1999, Sonic Adventure is released for the Sega Dreamcast, which you know I, I've talked about you know off and on on this show that Sonic Adventure kind of gets a lot of flack because Sonic hasn't exactly translated that well mm -hmm. to the 3D genre, but I enjoy the Sonic Adventure games. The other, well, I did like Sonic Generations, but Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 I actually enjoy because I really like the stories for both games. I like 1 better than 2. But it's 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 a cool game, you know, if you're a Sonic fan and you've never played Sonic Adventure, you know, it's it's I know they did a I think a remastered version for the GameCube, but I don't know that they've released it since then. I don't remember that. But I I I enjoyed the Sonic Adventure games. They're 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 pretty good. They don't compare to the original 2D versions, but not bad games. I don't remember them releasing it on the uh, the GameCube, but I do remember the 3D Sonic game that they did for the Xbox, but I don't remember what that one was called. 
It was probably just called Sonic the Hedgehog. I think so. Did it come out in like the mid two thousands? Yeah. Uh, it was yeah, that was an awful 2000s. game. Uh, yeah, I remember it being really bad. <laughs> Great graphics. Yeah. Probably the best graphic, like like graphically pleasing, you know, best looking Sonic game. But well, I remember they actually put awful. Sonic in kind of like a real world with like actual yeah. humans walking around, and it was just really weird. And that's what they're doing for the movie. Oh, man. Why? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm still going to watch it, but I'm keeping my expectations very, yeah. very low because those movies usually are not that great. Yeah, I'm not going to have any expectations going into that, good or bad. I'll do uh I'll do a Facebook live review at the at the theater. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be fun. Right? If it's not one of the movies you actually walk out of. Could be. It could happen. It could happen. It's got to happen at some point, right? <laughs> uh yeah, eventually. I mean every, everything it was first time for everything. Yeah. But um but like we did last week, Derek did his top 10 retro game list. I'm going to do mine this week. So, let's go ahead and roll into that. What do you say? Let's do it. Um, much like you, I'm going to start off with my runners-up list. Uh, I do have my top ten, but I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I put seven games on my runners-up list. First up... Well, it's, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it's really tough to narrow it down to ten. It really is. So that's why I felt the need, you know, we've got to include runner-up as well. Well, uh, some of these, I mean, uh, I wish I could put on the top 10 list. Like, I, well, there's one right here. I, I, I guess I'm not going to go in any certain order. Like, Contra. Contra is a great game, but does it belong on my top 10 of all time? Maybe. I mean, maybe it kind of moves up and down. <clears throat> but Contra is... When I think of Nintendo, Contra is one of those games that pops in my head, much like Mario 3 or you know, Legend of Zelda. But Contra is kind of... Uh, it's If you have the Contra code, it's a very short game. I mean, you can beat it in like 20 minutes if you have the Contra code. Does that ding it? Maybe. Because it does go from... If you don't use the Contra code, it's a very difficult game to play. But if you use the Contra code, it becomes one of the easiest games you've ever played. There is no, kind of no middle ground there. I will say, you know, I've, I know of Contra because, it, like you said, it's one of those iconic games or names that are associated with the original Nintendo. Uh, I never played the original I want to say Contra 3 was on the SNES Classic. Yes. I th yeah, Contra 3, The Alien Wars. And it is brutally hard. Yes. And there's no Contra code for that game. I don't think you could beat that game on single player. I don't think you like, can it, either. It was... I played that game for about half an hour, and I could barely do anything. Yeah, I can barely get past, like, stage two. Yeah, it's... Because I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll play this and I'll review it on the show. I was like, well, it would be another, <laughs> another quick review. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, another one up on my list is another Nintendo game that I think is absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a great RPG. It's one of those games I just kind of picked up because it was on sale. I think I got it in like 
I think I might have got it for like ten or fifteen bucks at the time. I remember getting it at Kmart, and it was in the like the the clearance bin. It's Crystalis for mm-hmm. the NES, which I reviewed on the show. The graphics are great. The music is great. It reminds me a lot. Uh, you can definitely tell the people that made it. SNK were the developers of it. Um, you could definitely tell whoever made the game was a huge Legend of Zelda fan. I mean, it's very Zelda-esque. Yeah, I remember when you did the review and you told me that was the game you were going to review and that it was a lot like Zelda. I remember going back and watching some video of it and it very much had that Legend of Zelda feel and it looks really good for a for a nintendo game yeah and the the graphics are fantastic man i mean it's it's some of the best graphics you can get on the nes i mean it's colorful it's bright the uh uh, all the the, like the music the controls the, the the level progression you know it is a straight up action rpg like legend of zelda you get stronger as you go you learn spells you get better armor i mean it's if you're looking for a great action rpg game crystalis is is a good pickup to 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 make for the nes for sure uh, another nes title on my runners-up list is mike tyson's punch out or if you play just regular punch out either one they're both great um i, I don't know if it if it is on my top 10 but it's definitely one of those games that i always it's one of those games when I don't know what I want to play, it's always a good go-to. Yeah, and it's a pretty easy game to to just kind of pick up and do. And it's much like Contra, it's one of those games that when you think of the NES, one of the first games you think of is Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. And yeah. You know, especially with that version because Mike Tyson was such a huge deal back then. It is it's it's fun. You know, I've had very little experience playing it, but from what little I have, I did really like it. But yeah, it, it's definitely a must-have Nintendo title. Whether it's Mike Tyson's Punch Out or just regular Punch Out, it's one of those games you have to have in your in your library. I mean, it, it's like it's up there with just regular, you know, Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt. Like you have to have that that cart. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. I love this game, um, but it doesn't make my top 10, but it's definitely a runner-up. It's another one of those I-can-play-it-at-any-time kind of games. Um, I, I've beaten it numerous times back in the day. I still play it to this day. The graphics are great. Uh, you know, it wasn't the greatest port of uh, an arcade game, but it was as close as we could get, um, you know, on a home console at the time to to what was done in the arcade. And plus, the actual Nintendo game had extra levels put into it, which was kind of rare at the time. Most of the times they would do a port, uh, uh, an arcade port of a game, they would take levels away or dumb it down too much, but... TMNT 2, the arcade game, is one of those must-have titles for the Nintendo. Probably my favorite arcade game of all time. Yeah, I, I spent think... so many hours oh. playing Ninja Turtles, and you know, with with that franchise being so huge back then, <clears throat> and it just there's so much replayability 
with that game. You can play through it by yourself. It's better to do it with people. I mean, not only do you have a better chance of winning, but you have a lot of fun as a group playing it. And oh, exactly. who doesn't love Ninja Turtles? Exactly. They're great. <clears throat> Even the first Ninja Turtles game, I didn't put yeah. it on my runners-up list. I think it's still good. People hate on that game, but they only hate it because of, I think, the, um, the, the underwater level. If it wasn't for that, I think that game would be much more well-remembered. I agree. I actually really like that game. Uh, and also on my runners-up list is the original Legend of Zelda for the NES. Um, I know many people are screaming at me right now, like, why is this not on your top ten list? Well, I'll tell you why. Because of my number one pick when I get to my top ten list. So you're just going to have to wait on that one. But Legend of Zelda is still a great game. Um, you know, it, it it was the original, um, but I think there are other Zelda games that are much more fun to play and easier to get into. But that doesn't take away my enjoyment of just going back to play the original Legend of Zelda. Yeah, the original Zelda isn't my favorite in that franchise, but it's still a lot of fun to to go back and play, and it's. It's interesting because to me, the appeal of that game, you know, looking back at it now is the fact that in a way it's nonlinear. Yeah. And a lot of the Zelda games are very linear. Mm -hmm. So to me, that adds this, that, that appeal. And plus it's the original, you know, playing, you know, what started one of the most successful and most popular game franchises of all time. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, and also on my list, moving up to the Super Nintendo, Super Metroid. Um, I really love this game, but it's it's one of those games I, I haven't played it very many times. But it's it takes a lot to really get into it because it is, you know, it's one of those games that takes a long time to play. Mm -hmm. And um, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. At, at all. I mean, it's a great game, but it just it didn't quite make the top 10 list. Yeah, Super Metroid's great. Still, to this day, the best Metroid game ever made. The only thing to me that comes close is the original Metroid Prime for the GameCube. Yes, I love that game so much. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really good. No, Metroid, or Super Metroid, I should say, is one of those iconic Super Nintendo games. You know, we've talked about yeah. iconic NES games. But when it comes to SNES, to me, the one of the first five games you should mention is Super Metroid because it, it looks great. To me, that graphic style still yeah. holds up to this day. It's so detailed. Like, the yes. graphics on that game are just crazy. Yeah. No, Super Metroid's a great game. Uh, and also last on my list, this is the one I talked about last week. That if you would have asked me this three, four years ago, before I really got back into retro gaming and playing everything again, um, this would have been on my top ten list. I mean, up until a couple years ago, this was my number one favorite game of all time. But going back and playing it on the Nintendo 64 really pushed it down for me because that controller and that, you know, that controller, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's Resident Evil 2. I still love this game, and I cannot wait for the remake to come out. I think it's coming out next year. I hope they don't change too much about it. I hope it's just basically just a graphical upgrade, and we'll be able to play it, you know, properly 
with um you know a dual analog sticks and i hope they fix the camera because the camera was a big problem especially with using that nintendo n64 controller that controller is just awful to have to go back and play it's like it's it's like my 41 year old brain doesn't want to go backwards and rewire itself to relearn how to play on a an N64 controller. Funny story. The only Resident Evil experience that I really have, they did a remastered version of the original game mm-hmm. for the GameCube. And I tried playing it, couldn't really get into it, but I might give the remake a shot. Because yeah. I do respect that franchise. Like I, I'm not I'm not a big horror guy, but I know that Resident Evil has its fan base and it's yeah. one of those really successful video game franchises. So okay. I'm I'm excited that they're doing, you know, the remake. I know Resident Evil 2 is one of the more popular games. And see, I love Resident Evil 4 when they moved to a third person perspective. That was great when they made that change. I hope they do that for the Resident Evil 2 remake. And also, you know, having two main characters and being able to play through the game twice with two different characters, two different perspectives within the story, and everything you do in the first story affects the second story and vice versa, whichever character you play first. You know, that's a gameplay mechanic that was really innovative at the time, and not many people do, which I think needs to kind of make a comeback because that would really help with you know the single player campaign type of games which we're kind of moving back towards now we're kind of getting out of the multiplayer thing that was going on for a while i think that's a gameplay mechanic that kind of needs to make a comeback i would agree with that i mean it adds a new layer to what would be you know and single player is not boring but it does get repetitive so i think adding that type of dynamic would add a new layer to it but I'm I'm really interested to see what they're going to do for the remake. I'm going to get that day one when it comes out. But here we go. You ready, Derek, for my official top ten retro game list? Let's do it. At number ten, we have Castlevania for the NES. Probably, I mean, definitely one of my favorite games of all time. I love everything about this game from... Uh, you know, just the the uh, the horror aspect of it, the the classic monsters, the story of Simon Belmont, everything about this game is awesome. And I don't care if people say it's too hard; it is not too hard. It is great. One of those franchises, and I might have said this on a previous episode of the show, but I regret not being introduced to Castlevania, you know, earlier than I actually was because I. I knew of it, but never played it until we started doing the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like it. You know, I, I enjoy the original game, um, that new uh, uh, Curse of the Blood Moon yeah. that came out for, uh, for the Switch that has that kind of same mm-hmm. gameplay style. I thought was really good. Love that game. Yeah. And, you know, the, the animated series that came out last year, I really liked because it, it added, you know, it really shed some detail on the story and 
you know, I, I, I do really like Castlevania. Another one of those iconic titles from the NES. Yeah, it's one of those games when you say NES, that's one of the games that pops in my head instantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Coming in at number nine, and a lot of people are going to fight me on this, but that's okay because it's Final Fight for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. I see I, what you did there. I know this game uh, angers a lot of people. It even angers me that, you know, they they took out Guy or Guy, however you want to say his name. You know, it, it a lot of people don't like this game, but I love it, and I don't know why. It's one of those games. I can, I can play this game at any time. I love the music. I love the, the control scheme. I love the big characters, you know, the big sprites on the screen. I just love it. What's funny is I'm I'm reading about this now. There was a later release called yes. Final Fight Guy that did include him. Yeah, but I didn't so, have that that version. I had the original, the very first Final Fight that they put out for the the Super Nintendo. It was it was a launch title, mm-hmm. and I got it very early on. Yeah, this is another one of those games that you know I I had I had a decent amount of games for the Super Nintendo, but this was one that. I remember seeing in stores, but, you know, just never picked up. But, you know, from I remember the the review you did made it sound like it was a lot of fun. It is. It's one of the most fun, just side-scrolling beat-em-ups you can play for the Super Nintendo. I mean, it it's a lot like Batman Returns, which I did. Um, I reviewed for the show here, too. I mean, it was basically they took Final Fight and just put a Batman skin on it for that game. That's why I love that game, too. But Final Fight is just... It's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. I still say that Batman Returns game should have included a playable Max Shrek. <laughs> it should. <laughs> um, but coming in at number eight, we have Super Mario World for the Super NES. I mean, who doesn't love Super Mario World? One of the top Mario games of all time, and I will fight people on that. Like we, We've had our debate on which game is better, Mario World or Mario Brothers 3. But one thing we can both agree on is that both of those are, you know, right up there on the list of the best Mario games of all time. Yeah. You know, it was a launch title for Nintendo's second console. It introduced uh, the character of Yoshi, uh, had some cool new power-ups. It just kept adding layers and kept building on what made the Mario franchise great. Just, you know, definitive Mario experiences, those games. Absolutely. No, Mario World, I mean, I mentioned it last week, but it's it's one of my favorite games of all time. If I knew how many hours that I put into playing Mario World, hmm. I'd probably be embarrassed. I still get so happy, and as soon as I turn the game on and you hear the music, the dun 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 as soon as you hear that, that instantly takes me back to being like 14 years old again, or 13, whenever the, uh, the Super Nintendo dropped. And I started playing Super Mario World, the very first game I played for the Super Nintendo. And man, something about that just takes me right back. It's got some of the best music in the entire franchise. Oh, yeah. I will say that. That I'll agree with. No, Mario World, it's, you know, you can't argue that one. Mario World is a fantastic game. And coming in at number seven, we just talked about this a few minutes ago DuckTales for the NES. Man, there's not much I can say about DuckTales. It's damn near a perfect video game. Yes, as I mentioned before, you know, even playing the remastered version, I was kind of kicking myself for not 
playing the original records. I, I was a huge DuckTales fan you know, growing up. I love the cartoon. I appreciate it even more now because I see how good the stories mm-hmm. and the writing was on that show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I still have the DVD sets of the three seasons that were out, and I, I, I'll watch them all the time. I love DuckTales. As, to me, one of the few, at least during that era, few good adaptations yes. that turned out to be a very good game. Man, that game is so fun. <laughs> I want to go play it kinda, right now. Kind of going back to music, DuckTales <laughs> also has really good music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. DuckTales, probably some of the best music in any NES game, hands down. I would agree with that. Coming in at number six, who didn't guess this was going to happen? Mega Man 2 for the NES. One of my favorite Nintendo games, also by Capcom, that did DuckTales. Mega Man 2 is up there, I think, as damn near a perfect video game, too. I like the Mega Man. The experience I've had playing Mega Man, I like. But man, those games are hard. Yeah, they are, but Mega Man 2 is much more... Uh, I guess you'd say uh, it's a little friendlier. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. as hard as some of the other Mega Man titles, especially Part 1. Mega Man 2 is way easier to kind of get into, <clears throat> especially if you're new to the to the franchise. I would definitely say start with Mega Man 2 and use a walkthrough to kind of understand how each... Um, you know, you go through and you defeat each boss before you you take on you know the the final boss of the game, but you each boss has a different attribute that you take on. Like you take their power, and you can use that against. Uh, it's what I'm trying to say is the whole game is basically just a a giant game of rock paper scissors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you use the powers from one boss to defeat the other, bo- the next boss, and so on and so on. And if you do that in a certain pattern, the game is really fun and not easy. It's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I, I wouldn't say it's as easy as Contra. I mean, it's still going to take you a while to finish the game. But it's fun if you kind of know what you're doing. <clears throat> one thing I was curious about why on the cover art does Mega Man look nothing like he does in the actual game? That I don't know. <laughs> I've never understood that. And that, that made, it was a little confusing to me, but you know, from what little I've played of Mega Man 2, I do like it. Yeah, I mean, once you get through all the bosses, then you go after the final boss, Dr. Wily, and you basically have to defeat all the bosses all, all over again. And kind of like this just, suicide run to get to uh, Dr. Wily, and it's just, man, it's such a good game. I I can't recommend it enough. It's a good one. Uh, Coming in at number five, Legend of the Mystical Ninja for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Wouldn't necessarily say this is an RPG. It's got RPG elements, um, and it's kind of linear, but there's something about this game. It's... just can't really describe why I love it so much. It's just, I love everything about this game from the, the graphics to the music, to the gameplay, um, the games within the game, you know, it's just, it's so fun. And I like it too, from what little I've played of it. I do have a copy of it 
that I found at one of the retro gaming stores in town. Mm-hmm. I just wish I had more time to get into games because th- this and I, I think this would be one had I played it when it originally came out. It would be probably up there on my list as well. Yeah, and that's why it's up there for me because I did play it, you know, as a kid. <clears throat> I, I rented it a bunch of times, um, and I never ended up buying it until a few years ago when I had actually been looking for it for years. Uh, a good affordable copy of it. It's always been kind of expensive to f- when you find an actual copy of it because there, I guess, it's just kind of not necessarily rare, but it's not one of those games that you know you, f- you just find everywhere. Like a lot, you know, like Mario games or something, you know. Yeah, but it's still good. It still holds up. It's still fun, and I highly recommend it for the Super Nintendo. It's definitely one of those Super Nintendo games you have to have in your collection. I like it. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Ninja Gaiden for the NES. Ninja Gaiden is my white whale. I I love this game, and I hate it too <laughs> because. <laughs> I still can't beat it after 30 years. I I can get to the final boss. I can't defeat him. And one of these days I will. But for now, I still have to just keep going until I finally defeat him. I feel like I'm going to be sitting at home one night and I'm just going to get a text message or probably multiple text messages from you saying that you finally beat it. And you're just going to flip out, and it's going to be amazing. I'll have um, a a text message automatically sent to you if something like that happens, especially if, like, my heart stops or something. (laughs) So you'll have to come visit me in the hospital after I stroke out once I finally beat this stupid game. Uh, I've got my fingers crossed for you. It'll (laughs) it'll happen. I have no doubt that it'll happen. And coming in at number three, of course, Super Mario Brothers 3 for the NES. Me and Derek always go round and round, which is better, Super Mario World or Super Mario Brothers 3. They're both very, very good, and in my mind, they're pretty much equal, but I always edge out with Super Mario Brothers 3 because I I think for me, it's because I played Super Mario Brothers 3 when it first came out. You know, I was there in the theater when they revealed Super Mario Brothers 3 and The Wizard. So that game just has, it holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, I mean, much like Mario World, it's it's up there on the list of best Mario games of all time. I really like the, the raccoon power-up. Mm-hmm. I want to say it, it made a comeback in one of the more recent uh, Mario games. So that was cool to see. The Tanuki suit has actually made a, a bit of a comeback, which is really cool. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, it was my favorite power-up. Because couldn't you only get that in one level? Uh, or no, that was the that was the shoe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> the shoe. <laughs> yeah, it was available in one level. But no, Mario 3 had the, the Tanuki suit. It had the Hammer Brothers suit. So it had some really cool power-ups, too. And it, it introduced the, the Koopa Kids. It had the warp system. You know, it, it's it's up there. It, it's in the to me the top five best Mario games of all time, and definitely one of the must-haves for anybody that owns a Nintendo. Oh, for sure. I do have a side question. I don't remember if we ever talked about this when we did the Wizard commentary, but that scene whenever they introduced Mario Brothers three, you know how they had the the head of that whole video game championships 
the guy in the suit that was yeah. like really animated and everything. How many? How much drugs do you think that guy was oh, on? He was tweaking hard. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, I I don't think he's ever done a movie since then. So he was just like, you know what? I'm going for it right here. I'm actually gonna look that guy up because I'm very curious <laughs> about it. Man, he went for it hardcore. He was he was totally uh he was Nick Cage in it that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. I'll I'll find that info after you after you finish your list. And coming in at number two, Star Tropics for the NES, which is an RPG for the N- Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, all about <clears throat> our he our protagonist Mike who is looking for his uncle who has gone missing, who was studying some uh, ancient texts from aliens, and he went dis- he disappeared. So Mike goes to the, uh, the Coracola Islands to look for him, and he goes on an adventure where he uses uh, his main weapon is a yo-yo, and of course you can upgrade and you can get other weapons, and... It's such a good game, and I know a lot of people don't like the uh, the. I, I'm gonna say I'm call them tiles, the which how you move in the game, and kind of the blocky way he moves, which they did improve in part two. But mm-hmm. there's something about Star Tropics that just it sums up the Nintendo for me. I played, I think I played Star Tropics more than any other game, other than Ninja Gaiden for the Nintendo. This is one of those games that had I played it, you know, when I the limited time that I had with the NES, it would have been one of my favorites because I've played it. It's on the NES Classic, and I really, really like it. It's definitely worth looking up and playing. Um, uh, this is another one of those games that I'm on. I'm I want to own complete in box. I want to get a, a copy that's unopened. As far as still shrink wrapped, I know that's going to cost me some money, but one of these days I will have that. You just gave me an idea for something we could do with the listeners, but I'll I'll talk about that at the end of the show. Oh, okay, and of course here we go. My number one game on my retro game list: The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. You said it last week when you turn that game on and you hear. You know the the Triforce coming together and that opening music, the dun 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 dun. That music is just man. It still gives me chills to this day. Yeah, it's so simple, but as soon as you see those three triangles start to come together, you know you're in for a hell of an experience. And that's what this game is. It's an experience. Yeah, I mean it's it's close to a perfect game. I'm you know, I I, I might have it, mentioned this last week, but it's a perfect video game. I think it's the most perfect video game that's ever been made. I mean, it's tough to argue that because you know, it, it kind of introduced that almost two act kind of story mm-hmm. with Zelda that carried over to Ocarina of Time. You know, you you go through the game you get these three pendants. You kind of don't. You kind of know what you're doing, but you kind of don't because, as I mentioned last week, you know you're kind of seeing the story unfold through Link's eyes because he's kind of thrown into this whole thing. Yeah. You know, you've got to find these three pendants, then go to a a mysterious forest and find a sword, 
then you got to go fight a wizard. Then he transports you to an alternate world. And then you got to go find these seven maidens and fight, you know, seven fairly difficult bosses to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and then you fight Ganon at the end. So it's it's one of those games that for the longest time I would go through and play this game once a year. Yeah, and I should I go back to doing that because times. I love Link to the Past. It's one of those games I, I that it took me a, probably a good month or two to actually finish the game back in the day because I didn't have any kind of strategy guide or anything. I just played the game straight through. And I loved every minute of it. I, I think as soon as I beat the game, I immediately started another game and played it all through again. I played this game all the way through probably, I'd say probably five times in my life. And it's still just, there's something about that game that is just magical. No, it really is. As soon as I turn this game on, it's like I'm a kid again. Exactly. And this is probably, I'll say this even over Ocarina of Time, I've probably put more hours into A Link to the Past <laughs> like through my lifespan than I have any other game. That's yeah. how many times I've gone through and just replayed this game. And it's one of those games that as soon as I start playing, I just kind of zone out and just get completely sucked into it. Like, it was one of the first games, I think, that... I got addicted to the story of the game. Mm -hmm. Actually thinking about it, because we talked about last week about adapting Zelda into a movie or a series. Mm -hmm. The more I think about it, the more I think I would go with the route of A Link to the Past. Because, yeah, you're transported to an alternate world, but I think it would be a little easier to grasp than the time travel aspect well, that's why I of say, Ocarina of Time. You could do that, you know, do A Link to the Past as kind of like your first season. And then each subsequent season, you, you know, you get a little more crazy with it. And you do things like Ocarina of Time. And you tell the stories of Link and Zelda throughout history. Because it is one of the, that that's the whole conceit of Legend of Zelda is that it keeps happening over and over again through history. You know, these two or these three, you know, Zelda, Link and Ganon are, you know, they're intertwined throughout mm -hmm. history. And that's what makes Legend of Zelda so great is it it's not the same story told over and over again. It's the same characters, but it's a different story each time. I might have mentioned this when we did the Zelda roundtable for for my show. But in Skyward Sword, they actually explain that whole, the way all of that works. As far as, you know, it kind of makes the games make sense mm -hmm. in a way. Because you actually don't fight Ganon. You fight this character called Demise, who is basically evil incarnate. After you beat him with his dying breath, he says, a reincarnation of my hatred will haunt you and your descendants for all eternity. Wow. And then he dies. Huh. So it, basically Ganon is the reincarnation of this demise character, which See, I that, thought explained it, you know, in, in a pretty cool way. And that could be the overarching story of the whole series. Like it, you could do so much with that. 
No, absolutely. But I, I don't I don't want it to happen in a way because hmm. Zelda is my dream project. Yeah. Dude, like if I if I ever become successful when it comes to making movies or anything, like I I would be on a high like no other. Oh, no kidding. If I got to work on a Zelda project, I will get coffee for the director. <laughs> but you can bet that I will be there. It'll happen. Put it out in the universe and tell the universe you want that to happen. Yes. <clears throat> But that's my list. Um, anything you want to uh, add to anything I've added to that top ten list? Um, as far as your actual list goes, I thought Mega Man Two would be a little bit higher. But I, I, I really like your list, though. I mean, it, it has a lot of games that I expected you to have, and I, I really like it. It's a very solid list. It's got a nice mix of NES and you know the Super Nintendo games that you really like. So. It's good stuff. And see, I, I probably would have put DuckTales and Mega Man 2 a little higher, but, you know, I I actually, like, Ninja Gaiden landed at number four because I think I've played Ninja Gaiden more than any other game ever mm -hmm. because I love it and I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even though uh, I've, fin I've actually beaten Mega Man 2 numerous times, I've beaten DuckTales numerous times, I've never beaten Ninja Gaiden, and I don't know why I can't beat that game. It's just, it's so ridiculously hard, but yet I keep going back to it. It'll happen one day. I, I have zero doubt of that. It's crazy. Crazy-ass game. But this was fun. I like doing these, uh, these kind of top ten type shows. No, we should come up with another, like, list concept and... And do it at some point. Um, and before we get out of here tonight, I do have a little bit of a listener email and Patreon shout outs. Let me let me play a little bit of music here. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, there we go. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our newest patron, Justin Olson, who is, uh, what was his Twitter handle? Let me look this up real quick. It is, so you guys can go follow him. Uh, it was at UR. Your friendly geek. You are friendly geek. Um, go follow him over on Twitter. And if you would like to be a Patreon subscriber of the show, just go to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and get us back up to the $50 level so we can give you guys an extra episode every month. Um, so head over there. Help us uh, help us out. Support the show. And, no, um, absolutely. Thank you so much, Justin. Yeah, thank you so much. And uh, also Daniel Salmon, who's also our Patreon uh, supporter since the very beginning. Thank you, sir. And uh, we've had some others come and go. And, and, you know, I understand that, you know, sometimes life happens and you got to drop off the, the Patreon uh, bandwagon for a little while. That's cool. You know, just come on back when you're ready. And um, one more. We've got Dave Gladow <clears throat> at Dave Gladow. Uh, spelled G-L-A-D-O-W, uh, got a hold of us on Twitter, and he said about last week's show, he said, Great list by Derek. Star Tropics is on the NES Classic back in stores, so I would guess it will be available on Switch soon, <clears throat> which I believe it is. I'm not sure. Have to look that up. Cool show as usual. If you want some fun reading, here's my list of my favorite top, uh, 40, <clears throat> top 40 NES games. And if you go to DaveGladow.com, uh, Dave, G-L-A-D-O-W.com, 
He's got his own website, and one of his articles here is a really nice website. <clears throat> nice article here that I read where he lists his 40 favorite uh, Super Nintendo games, and it's great. So um, go check that out for him. So thank you very much, Dave, for uh, listening to the show, and um, go follow him on Twitter, too, at Dave Gladow. No, absolutely. I've got the list pulled up. I'll read this after the show. So we're coming up on the end of episode 102. Is there anything you want to talk about before we leave here tonight, Derek? So I had an idea, and this is uh, – we can get a little you know, audience interaction with this. A comment you made sparked this idea. I will ask this to the listeners on the Facebook and the Twitter. If you could pick one game, it can be for any retro console to have complete inbox, hmm. what would it be? You can only pick one. Wow. wow. And I'll say mine, I would actually choose Link to the Past. Ooh, I, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, Star Tropics. That's, that's the game I want that's actually complete in box, still sealed, factory sealed, with uh, the hanger on the back. That's what I want. I like it. And uh, a little follow-up note, uh, I looked up the guy who played the the video game announcer in The mm-hmm. Wizard. His name is Stephen Grives. Uh, he was actually born in England, and he also appeared in Highlander 2, the original Scooby-Doo movie, huh. and A Nightmare on Elm Street 5. His last acting gig he did was in 2011. Hmm. I did not know that. So. So there you go. That's 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 awesome. <laughs> I thought that would probably be like his last um, thing he ever did. Like he just kind of overdid it, and then everybody was like, "Yeah." He like goes for other jobs, and they're like, "Yeah, we saw the uh, the the wizard. You're not you're we're not, we're not hiring you." <laughs> What's funny is, um, did you ever see the mask with Jim Carrey? Oh yeah. The guy who played his best friend, I think that was one of two or three acting gigs that guy did. But I think he was out of acting by like the late 90s. Really? Because The Mask came out, I think, in 94? Yeah. 93 or 94. Because I remember looking up his, um, because it had the acting credits on the DVD. And it was, for him, it was The Mask and one or two other things. I haven't seen that movie in years. I don't remember who his best friend was in that movie. Oh, I love that movie as a kid. My mom hated it, so it made me <laughs> like it even more. Maybe we need to do that for one of our retro movie episodes. Oh, my God. I would do that in a heartbeat. Let's do that, because I, I want to watch that movie again. I literally have not seen that movie in probably 20 years. Oh, uh, it's great. It's so silly, it's great. <laughs> and the music's so good, too. Let's do that. Let's plan on that. Oh, I love it. So is there anything else before we get out of here? Because I don't have anything. Just go follow me on Twitter. <laughs> no, just uh, check out the Roast of Derek Diamond on uh, Facebook.com slash Podcast. Uh, my show is now officially on hiatus until January. So if you want to keep up with information about it, just go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. Awesome. If you have anything, uh, anybody would like to add anything to... Uh, or say anything about Derek and, and my list. If you think we forgot something that was great or hell, just give us your top 10 list. We'll read it on the show. Um, or if you want to write an article 
about your top 10 list, we'll throw it up on the website. We don't care. We need content. Yeah. So help us out. Do that. And uh, we'd all love of to the hear content. From, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, so let me go ahead and play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We're at nerdcaveretro.com. We're on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro, at jfuntastic, and at Derek underscore diamond. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. And if you can't afford to give us a couple of bucks a month to help the show, please go leave us a review. That helps us out a lot, too. Go review us on iTunes or Overcast or wherever you listen to this show. Please, go leave us a review. So, Derek, please, tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. <laughs>